I suppose what I wanted to do particularly today was talk about the infrastructure spending that's surrounding the Blue Mountains. And so here we are in this beautiful wilderness and we're actually in the centre of infrastructure spending, which the government's doing. You have to look at what are the, the implications of the choices they're making, why are they making them, and back to what Warren was talking about too, this idea about can we afford this or can we afford that and how do you assess that? And starting from the point, really, if the if a government is putting in or building infrastructure that's going to increase productivity, increase resources and capacity, then it can put the money, the, the, gov, the, the federal government can put the money in because it's not going to inflate the economy if it's actually adding value, you know, real resources. And so just starting with that, I want to talk, there's a number of infrastructure projects around us which there's people battling each one of them, but in fact they're all linked. And so the first thing we have, the first big, big ticket item is the Western Sydney Airport. And that's based on the idea that that's going to, to create a prosperous, well that's, it, it's been sold on the idea that it's going to create this prosperous Western Sydney and then we're going to create this aerotropolis around it. So there's going to be all these jobs that sort of pop out of nowhere because there's an airport there. And what that, so that, the airport is going to take out, and there's a lot of argument about what traffic it's actually going to take out, but there was also on the idea that Kingsford Smith Airport was going to reach capacity and even though they weren't saying they were going to reach capacity, the government was saying, oh, they're going to reach capacity, we need a second airport. And the, the argument was, well, what's your m most traffic? And the, the, the biggest traffic we have is actually, of course, Melbourne, Sydney and uh, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane is, is the, the single most focused area of um, air traffic and it's one of the, it's one of the fifth busiest Air, um, air, air routes in the world because most routes of the say the Sydney to Melbourne distance have high-speed rail. It's very unusual we don't have high-speed rail. Did anything happened recently that would um, impact on those projections? For, um... Well th see this is what I think, I think a lot of people got hopeful because I mean the projections are based on this that if they'd built high-speed rail then they wouldn't need a second airport because you would take, if you, if you did high-speed rail on the eastern seaboard, you would actually, you would, all the studies show that people prefer high-speed rail to, because uh, it's quicker and more efficient, it's town centre, it's city centre to city centre. So you'd take 40% of the, about the air traffic out immediately so that you wouldn't need a second airport. But that's, but you're right. I mean, now they've got the problem that we, we, we're losing, the international wasn't the big part of it anyway. But we are still losing all that. And if that becomes a long-term thing, they've got a problem as well. But the difference, and why you think, well, high-speed rail or the airport, what's the difference? Well, obviously the first difference is the climate change impact. High-speed rail now is at the point where you can do it on really zero emissions. Like it's, you know, the technologies are amazing. And you're talking 300 is now sort of medium speed and you've got 600 speed rail. So all, the, you know, there's been lots of studies, that, and including the government's own um, 2014 infrastructure department did a study and showed that high-speed rail was incredibly viable. You, you know, 15, going every 15 minutes between Sydney and Melbourne, that's, that's the, what they're talking about. It that's would be amazing. that frequent. And then you'd, then you'd go on to, 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 to business, you know, so you'd be going through Canberra, you'd be going, and this is the point, you're then you're going through like Albury Rodonga, you're going through towns, and then what, what that then means, and this is the big difference, is that when you, get, when you have planes, they take off and they okay, fly to Melbourne, but they, you can't get off along the way. But high-speed rail means suddenly 
instead of a big Western Sydney, you would start having feeder, you'd have towns, people could live 300 kilometres away and work in Sydney and then take their pay home and then spend it in their hometown. So it would completely, it's so critical, you know, that completely changes what you're doing. Instead of a big city and this Western Sydney massive area, where they're going to add a million people to Western Sydney with all the roads and all that they need, high-speed rail would actually say, well, we'll make it possible for people to live along this this um, this line and you decentralise. So we would decentralise our planning, and which is what happened. You know, Japan's been doing it for 60 years and that's... And that's the difference. So you'd completely change. But because we're going to do the airport and we're going to have an aerotropolis and then people have to go there for the jobs. So rather than being along the line, being able to live along this line all the way up to Brisbane and to, and to Melbourne, everyone's going to go and live in Western Sydney and the jobs are going to be... And we don't, we don't really know what these jobs are. No, well, this is... The, the Financial Review has been running a, a series of... The, I think there are up to six talks now um, where they're looking at what the future's going to be and pointing to just enormous numbers that are going to be that will have no need to go into to go to the city anymore it's you, you're going to be working from at, you know, at, at remote locations yeah you know, well i mean of course i mean no that's right i mean i mean i think that's the other big that's the big game changer isn't it that people that that I think COVID's shown that as well, that people, this idea of working at home, and you remember some years ago, there was a move anyway to start putting, I think they put the fair trade people out at, was it fair trade who went out to Bathurst? Yeah. And they started moving summer. Yeah. That's even more possible now. And if you combine, so this whole thing with the airport is looking more and more questionable. You don't have to fly to meetings anymore. You know, I remember, you know, 20 years ago, I was living in Britain at the time, but, you know, you'd fly down to London, for, you know, you'd fly to, for meetings. You don't do that anymore. So or, there's a whole lot of traffic, air traffic, that's going to change. And so we're putting in this airport, we've got this idea that there's going to be all these jobs pop up with it, which are still a bit vague about what they are. You still can't get an answer on exactly what they are. And... That means everyone's going to live there. That's the idea. We're putting everybody there in Western Sydney. We're going to have a million more homes. And so we've now... What are we just going to... Is, is this just going to become like this... You almost sort of see it as a slum because you've either got a resource... You've got to provide all the facilities to go with it. But the other thing you're doing is you... That's our arable land. Yeah. And so you're, you're doing this other bizarre thing is... Australia doesn't have a huge amount of arable... Really good arable land. And that is good arable land. That's the, 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 the floodplains. So we're going to, and they're doing it already. I mean, I used to go out there as a kid to go horse riding, and now, and then I was going out as a, a horticulturist to all the nurseries. And every time I go out, there are more homes being built, and you can see the bulldozers taking our precious topsoil off. They're scraping it all off, mm. you know, and then it gets sold to go into people's gardens. But that's farmland. Mm. That's farmland. Mm. And, and so now, and then we've got a plan. So this is all to do with this airport and this big, you know, everyone living around, there's going to be financial centres and there's going to be military spending and, you know, it's yeah, there'll all... Be, there'll be military spending, and, and yeah. as, as just military spending, but that's a really interesting point because there's a sense that it doesn't matter whether it's any good. These F-35 planes that we've, we've bought, the reports on those, they spend most of the time in the hangars being repaired. It doesn't matter that they're that they don't work forever. It doesn't matter that this infrastructure is well spent. The important thing seems to be that it's spent because that money ends up in someone's pocket. 
There's yes, less concern who's, about... whose pocket yeah, well, is no, the question? That's, that's, my, that's my point. Uh -huh. Yes, that's my and point. we'll get to that It doesn't one. really yes. matter yeah. Yeah. Um, whether or not this we get an effective result about this. The fact that the, the most important thing is the money is spent and it ends up in the pockets of, of people who are driving this and their enablers, whoever their enablers are. And I mean, and that's, I suppose, where I was going as well before, because there's another whole lot of things that then happen, because the next thing that happens, I will get back to, you know, who's going to make, make money out of this, but the next thing that happens is, oh, so we're going to be building for a million more people in Western Sydney, and we're doing it on the floodplains, the nice arable land. Oh, and then if the Warragamba floods, we better raise the dam. So all of a sudden, we've got another 70 million to spend. And that's not creating productivity. You know, that's not money that's creating productivity. Like, it's not inc increasing capacity. It's not like spending on education or something, is it? It's not, it's just a wall. And I was just looking at it here, you know, the Federal Department, Environment Department has just come out and absolutely damned, no pun intended, the um, environmental impact statement for this. So the, the, the state governments got Water New South Wales to do their EIS, saying, oh no, the, the critically endangered region, Honey Eater, won't be impacted, and no, the koalas won't be impacted, and no, the three threatened ecological communities will hardly be impacted, or maybe, maybe a little bit. And the, Department, the Federal Department of Environment has said that's absolute bollocks they're all going to be really severely impacted. So we've got this, this, we've now got this fight anyway about, aside from all the other issues with raising a dam and the huge risks it, that it probably is putting, it's, you're putting people's lives at greater risk by saying, oh yeah, you can, you can build on the floodplain and we, we've got you covered, we've got this extra bit of wall. Have the insurance companies had anything to say about it? Well, I think that's, what, that's, the, um, that's the big issue and I think that's where the, the Give a Dam movement and the Collin Foundation are looking because... You know, there's a, I, I didn't have time to find it, but I've, I've, I found it before, you know, there's from Governor Macquarie in 1811 or something, going off his nut and putting out an edict about people not building on the floodplains because of how dangerous it was. And here we are, and there's this video clip of Stuart Ayres, you know, tourism minister, so excited about this, this land that's all going to be filled, and you can sort of, these plains that are going to be filled with people, and it's like, you're just putting people at incredible risk. And of course, the dam is. There are other um, rivers that come. There are other tributaries that come in anyway. So that's not the only source of the flooding where the dam is. So again, you're creating all these risks. There's no that infrastructure spending, and that state. Of course, now this is the issue. That state spending. The um, and it's interesting that the federal government saying the federal department of environment is saying, well, actually, your EIS doesn't st stack up because it's state spending. So it's different from where you've got federal money where they can choose to put in where there's something worth doing. But that's the knock-on from the airport and the big city. And then we go from there, we go to the, the, um, the duplication of the highway that is now supposed to happen from Katoomba through to Lithgow so that all these big trucks can be, fr can be taking freight to and from Western Sydney and through, you know, it's just madness. So everything keeps spinning to more and more, I mean, infrastructure that's really dated, you know, in terms of its climate change impact. And even it's, you know, high-speed rail is, is the transport of the future. It's the way people like to move around. And it's the same with trucks. It's it's rail again is the, and now and that's now I'll go to the good news is that but it's interesting. It's what again what you're talking about, Warren. That the federal government has found the money to 
find the money when you need to for this inland rail project, which I don't think there's been enough talk about it, which no. is Brisbane, so it's freight dedicated line. Whenever I hear it, I think it's Anthony Albanese just before an election. That, but well, they're doing it. It's yeah, 2025, yeah, great, it'll great, be finished. Fabulous. I mean, it's real, it's happening, fabulous. they're building it, you know. So they've funded it, it'll be finished by 2025. It's Brisbane through parks to Melbourne, so Sydney, you know, all the way through. But then it connects, what it does is it creates the, it's the spine that was needed. So from there they can go to Adelaide and then up to Darwin. What it, it puts in place the route that will allow every major city now to be accessed um, on, on freight lines. So freight, and that line alone, it's like 40 million, it's over, that inland freight line will have the capacity for 40 million tonnes of freight a year to move, taking it off road. Like it's, it's major. And so it goes through parks, so it links to um, Lithgow from parks for us. And then they're doubling, the, the, the federal government's put money in to double the freight capacity in the Sydney Basin. So you come from Port Botany through to St Mary's and through the airport. But it's freight line, dedicated. They're going to have two freight lines. So they're, they're creating, and this is what I think is really positive, They're actually because they know they've got to get trucks off the road in Sydney. So that's a good choice. And they can put the money in because it's going to hugely reduce the cost, the um, farm to port costs of transport. So it's what you're talking about again. It will add value to the economy. It'll add capacity, huge capacity. So they're doing it and then there's going to be no, no one screamed about we can't afford it. They've, they've been able to afford it. And, but the nutty bit is, well, why you got to, why would you have trucks taking, going across the mountains when you've got freight lines on both sides? Obviously you want to keep, you, you, you want freight to, to, you want to do freight all the way. You don't go train, put it on a truck to go across the mountains, no. you know, through over 30 traffic lights no. and school zones. It's nuts. No. No. And that's, I mean, I suppose that's for me, it just, it's like headbanging stuff. So at the moment, one of the things I've done and the, and the council did is we've, with the support, with the Blackheath Highway Action Group, we're calling for this to be looked at. You know, what, so the, the council's passed a motion that they should not do any more work on this road. I mean, they can do safety upgrades, but they need to be looking at increasing the capacity on this rail line, but also recognising now that freight, that there's a whole, you know, going to Newcastle, going to Wollongong, there's all these routes now that will be opened up by this inland rail, and they haven't looked at it. They haven't... It's like um, the RMS people, even though they've been put in the same department, they're like they're another... They're like the Martians. They live on a different planet. And in that planet, there's only roads. So they haven't really understood. People make money out of roads, out, yeah. out, of, out of building them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they can make money out of building rail. Well, I, I guess they can, but you've got different interests. I mean, yeah. it's always... It's usually the government that does that. partnerships. There's always been about roads. Yep. We're getting... We, we, you want, you're wanting us to wind up, so we're going to have some music, I think. <laughs> we'll come back to it, roads and rail.